Andino Andina is written, read, edited and produced by me. It was daylight when I awoke to the sound of retching coming from the bathroom. Oh, lovely. I pulled the pillow over my head to drown out the sound as best I could. When there was a break, I glanced at my watch. Half past nine. I heard the sloshing of water and some gargling noises. Tonio entered the bedroom, remarkably quiet, holding his forehead, his face a peculiar grey colour that was such a contrast to his usual healthy bronzed skin tone. Morning, I said crisply, patting the other side of the bed, before adding more softly. How are you feeling? Don't ask. Aspirin? I'll bring you some, and some water. Gracias, came the faint reply. Oh dear, I thought to myself. So much for going on a day trip. I helped Tonyo undress and get into bed before feeding the kitties and making myself some coffee. After a light breakfast, I settled down to transcribe and write some more. Might as well, since Tonyo was clearly out of action and not going anywhere for a while. Around midday, Nadja appeared with a pot of what looked like bean stew and fresh flatbread. From the bedroom I heard Tonio groan. I stifled a chuckle and closed the door to keep the mouth-watering smells out. Kipasa, she asked, a look of surprise on her face. What happened? Oh, you know, men and their friends. Ah, she said and laughed quietly. I see. Yeah, coffee, I offered. No time. Me mama. Don't worry. Cheers for the food, it smells delicious. Thank you, Nadia said, and flashed me a smile before rushing out the door. I pulled on my boots and let the cats out for a little nose around in the bracing air, warming my hands on the hot coffee mug. I felt like the woman on the edge of the forest here, even though there was not much in the way of trees, seeing as we were above the tree line. It still had that kind of feel to it. Kachina went back inside after a couple of minutes with a too cold and a shudder, while Pelucha made a full 360 of the outside of the cabin before returning to my side to say, What are we doing outside? I shivered as I opened the door to let myself and Pelucha back in, half expecting to be met by a gloomy hearth with a big black cauldron hanging over it, bubbling away slowly. Double, double, toil and trouble! Fire burn and cauldron bubble, I cackled quietly to myself, just as the bedroom door opened. What? Nothing. How are you? Hungry. Head hurts. I'm not surprised. What did you get up to last night? What did you drink? Pangalactic goggle blasters? I don't remember much, Tonio said sheepishly. Sorry. Never mind. Want some late lunch Nadia brought over? Can I have an aspirin starter? You! Twice in one day! That must have been quite something. I was the guest, I suppose, he said vaguely. Boys will be boys, you mean? Or how men make friends? Go and have a wash and all that, and I'll warm the food. Later that evening we were perched outside, on the split log bench, for a nip of fresh air. Jack, I'm sorry for storming out on you last night. That wasn't very mature. 
It just felt like the walls were trying to swallow me. I know, hon. I'm sorry, too. I'm sorry for pushing you. I forget you need other people around. I'll try not to do it again. Cabin fever is no fun. Even I know that. You have a word for it? Yeah. By the way, Bron dropped off a four-wheeler for us to use. I patted my pocket. Fantastic. Oh, wait till you hear what I found out last night. There's a cave up in the mountains. There. He pointed in the dark to where I could not make out. The guys last night were telling me about stories they had heard from their parents, about strange lights coming and going and hovering around above. Well, there was this old guy, Rodrigo. He said he'd seen them himself, a long time ago, and he offered to come with us to show the way if you liked. Look, shooting star, I interrupted, just as the star suddenly changed direction. Or something. Are you listening? Do you want to meet him and hear all about it yourself? We can bring the MP3 recorder and get it all down properly, so you can get all the details too, not just the bits I remember. Of course I do, you know that. You set it up, it'll be interesting. I snuggled closer to Tonio on the bench. I hope I'm not interrupting anything. Bron's voice came from somewhere in the darkness. Hello, Bron. You know you're always welcome. Tonio straightened up. His arm around my shoulders gave a little squeeze as he stood up to welcome our guest. Only because you want those warm doughnuts I can smell, I teased. Come on inside. I'll put the kettle on. There's a new project we thought might interest you, Tonio, Bron said when the doughnuts were all gone and the red tea drunk. Give me something to do, you mean? Do you need something else to do? You only have to ask. I don't know. Did Jack tell you I needed distraction? She knows me so well. Bron continued as if he had not heard. My friend Julia wants to set up a center point called La Colmina or something. That means beehive, he nodded at me. Buzzing with activity, working together for the greater good sort of thing, Tonio said. You got it. We thought perhaps you would like something else to do for a few hours every day. Julia wants to set it up in the community center, because it's central and it already has a roof and walls, Bron chortled. She told me about the idea, and I'm simply sponsoring the initial rebuilding phase. She will tell you more if you're interested. Pulling together and integrating different energies and all that. Are you interested? Sure. I'm always game for solving logistical puzzles. And it will get me out of Jack's hair for a few hours every day. That's settled, then. Give Yulia a day or two to get herself organized, and she'll contact you. In the meantime, go and see Manolo. He too needs someone to give him a hand from time to time. Bron winked at me. Time. Good old time. I'll leave you to it. Good night, friends. Good night, Bron. It's always nice to see you. Thanks for letting us use the four-wheeler. After meeting with Tonio's new buddy, Rodrigo, a wiry and leather-looking man I estimated to be in his late sixties, we'd hiked up to the cave together a couple of times. Today I'd come on my own, for some exercise and to meditate in the fresh air. Tonio had a meeting at the community centre with Julia and a couple of the others. As a treat and for grounding, I'd brought a flask of coffee and a muffin for a personal picnic. 
I had only just put down the small backpack and a thick felted cushion wrapped in plastic on the leaf-strewn floor, when movement caught by my peripheral vision made me look up. Walking towards me, following the same path I had come, were three mountain cats. Fear would have petrified me if I thought I was about to become someone's lunch, but their grace and beauty held me mesmerized. Instead of being gripped by terror and panicking, I was experiencing waves of the most unusual calm and well-being. As they came closer, I realized they were nowhere near as big as they had looked from a distance. My imagination and the light in the cave had been playing tricks on me. Ever so slowly, I lowered myself down to be less conspicuous and parked my posterior. I winced inwardly as the plastic rustled and tried not to move. I hoped it wouldn't frighten them, and that by making myself smaller I'd be perceived as less of a threat. The cats were of the elusive Gatos Andinos, or Andean cats, the protected species we had read about when we first arrived on this timeline. I now also remembered having seen photographs of this very rare feline in one of Donia's wildlife magazines back home. As if to signal to my physical eyes and dispel any doubts lingering in my conscious mind that these were no ordinary mountain cats, on cue they gracefully walked a couple of yards on their hind legs, reminding me of meerkats. He looked so comical I couldn't suppress a giggle. The initial tension broke and I reminded myself to breathe and start to listen properly. Greetings, came a now familiar voice in my head once I had settled down and got the giggles under control. Greetings and welcome. Wow, look at those paws and muscles, immediately went through my head. We highly recommend no touching, came the amused voice of Andino. We are just borrowing these bodies, and human scent would confuse their own kind when they return. Of course, of course, I'm sorry, you're just so beautiful and furry. That we are. Wow, the human can actually hear us, came the voice of one of the other cats. The first one to speak shook its head ever so slightly. Yes, yes, I told you there are some of them who can. Andina returned his gaze to me. The cats can, of course, see us all of the time. They are very evolved beings of your earth, as are, as you already know, whales and dolphins. These particular cats are very advanced within the range of focus and about to transit their existence to the next dimension, as it were. Then, you're not cats? No, we are travellers who were stranded here a long time ago. Intergalactic travellers. We are, however, descended from felines. We exist mostly in what you call light bodies, but ever so often these cats allow us to borrow their bodies for a while. It works well. Their form has similarities to that of ours in the past, and before you ask, as light beings we must still align with the planetary body. This is our adopted home now. But why? There are some things that are easier in a body. These bodies have good balance, good eyesight, and the wind playing in the fur when you run is delightful. I stifled the giggle. In addition to your question, it is easier for people like yourself to have a focus of energy, is it not? That's true. 
not to mention that they live in an area where the air is relatively clean, and their protected status means they are mostly left alone by humans. I nodded my head slowly. I can see that would be a bonus. So who are you? Where are you from? Why are you here? How are we going to do this? The questions were spilling out before I could stop myself. Your questions will be answered in time, human cat. Human cat? I like the sound of that. I'd been called a lot worse. Freak and that crazy bitch were the first to spring to mind. It's a good trade, the non-cat continued. We help the cats when they are injured, sometimes by humans, intending to trap or in other ways hunt them. It is not the felines wanting to get close to the humans. It is us, in our inherent curiosity, wanting to borrow their eyes to get a visual. But there are natural causes also, such as thorns and cuts to paws, slowing a cat down. And of course sometimes the breaking of bones that need sonorizing. Sonorizing? Is that what it sounds like? It's a way of setting and restabilizing bone tissue using sound. It can be used to knit together and heal other biological tissue too. Wow, I try to take all of this in. In the dimension where we exist for the most part, there is no need for physical bodies, nor for food. We acknowledge that this is not the case for our sometimes hosts and for most of the inhabitants of this planet. So we wait and we observe. Every now and then an interstellar ship passes above and we have the opportunity to exchange greetings and information with beings from other parts than this galaxy. Universe, you call it, the second cat sniggered. Silly little humans. Multiverse would be a lot more appropriate. I agree, I said respectfully. So you are the source of the strange goings-on around this area that people are talking about? Oh, yes. It suits us to keep the rumours alive. Humans have such vivid imagination. We barely have to do anything. Just a few phantom lights now and again and their inherent fear take care of the rest. The way your young ones like to frighten each other is most amusing to watch, if a bit disturbing. Why, they do appear to enjoy the experience of fear. Most aberrant. I never quite understood that either, until Andino pointed it out. I inclined my head slightly towards the cat, who had been the first to speak. I could not remember enjoying fear as a child. Maybe it was linked to the high sensitivity in some way. And humans think themselves evolved. Now, now, Andino soothed, we agreed on this. You came to satisfy your own curiosity, did you not? Now you see for yourself. For a non-audible voice, Andino still sounded firm. The smallest of the cats looked intently at me. With one meeting of our eyes, soul to soul, a sensation of free-falling and spinning, something passed between us. I surmised I'd been downloaded. The exuberant sweet nature was humouring the two more dominant cats in a quiet, conspiratorial moment. In a binary world, I would have called her female. As a human, they might have raised an eyebrow and winked. I just knew it was Andina, a recognised energy signature. For a fleeting moment, I wished I could touch her. Then a brief longing for hugging Pelucha swept through me before pulling myself back to the moment at hand. So, here we are. What can I do for you? 
Thank you for taking the time to listen. Andino Andina is written, read, edited and produced by me. Copyright Liz Rosales 2014 and 2021